Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. Elon Musk is certainly not one to mince words. Is he, Celeste? That's one way to put it, James. His recent comments at the DealBook conference were, let's say, colorful. Colorful indeed. He basically told advertisers to go fuck themselves if they're trying to blackmail him with advertising money. And all this stems from his endorsement of an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory on X. Quite a controversial move. Yes, and it's not just the advertisers he's taking on. He's been suing or threatening to sue nonprofit organizations like Media Matters and the Anti-Defamation League, claiming their reports are damaging the relationship between X and advertisers. And some big names have paused or pulled advertising on X. We're talking Apple, Disney, IBM. And yet, Musk's stance is clear. Don't advertise. It's a bold move, considering they've brought in an industry heavyweight like Linda Yaccarino as CEO. Exactly, James. It's a real head-scratcher. Musk is basically saying that if the company goes under, it's the advertiser's fault. And he's not backing down from his controversial post either. He did say his actual truth comment was foolish and even apologized, but he's clearly not repentant about spreading conspiracy theories. Just yesterday, he posted a meme endorsing Pizzagate. That's right, James. And that's not just any conspiracy theory. It's one that's been debunked and actually inspired real-world violence. It's a concerning situation, especially considering research from the Center for Countering Digital Hate. They found that X has failed to moderate hate speech on its platform, promoting anti-Semitic conspiracies, praising Hitler, and dehumanizing Muslims and Palestinians. And yet, X claims that these reports misrepresent the real user experience and undermine freedom of speech. It's a complex issue, and one that doesn't seem to be resolving anytime soon. From the fiery world of tech moguls and their controversial stances, we now turn our attention to the equally heated realm of cryptocurrency. It seems the digital financial landscape is once again making headlines, this time with a tale of international intrigue, cybercrime, and government intervention. Stay tuned as we delve into the latest development involving the FBI, a Dutch financial intelligence, and a crypto mixer allegedly used by North Korean hackers. So Celeste, the world of crypto is buzzing again. This time it's about the FBI and the Dutch financial intelligence seizing websites of a crypto mixer reportedly used by North Korean hackers. Oh, I heard about this. The crypto mixer Sinbad, right? It's been linked to the Lazarus Group, which is said to be working for the North Korean government. Exactly. The U.S. Department of the Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control, or OFAC, has announced sanctions against Sinbad. They claim it was used to process millions from Lazarus Group heists, including those massive 2022 hacks of Horizon Bridge and Axie Infinity. Those were huge. Horizon Bridge lost $100 million and Axie Infinity lost a staggering $625 million, didn't they? Yes, and U.S. Deputy Secretary of the Treasury Wally Adeyemo has made it clear that that they're ready to take action against any illicit actors in the digital asset ecosystem, right? Exactly, Celeste. The Lazarus Group also allegedly laundered crypto stolen from Atomic Wallet on Sinbad. This resulted in an overall loss of $35 million. And Sinbad was used for other hacks too, right? Stake.com, CoinEx, FTX, BadgerDAO, and more. Yes, according to Tom Robinson, the chief scientist and co-founder of Elliptic. Now Sinbad's websites are displaying an FBI seizure notice. But the founder of Sinbad, Mehdi, told Wired that Sinbad doesn't do anything bad. 
It's a ClearNet service. Well, Sinbad's dark website is also no longer operational, according to Bleeping Computer. And it's not the first crypto mixer to face U.S. government sanctions. Remember Tornado Cash and Blender.io? Right. It seems like the U.S. government is really cracking down on these crypto mixers. From crackdowns on crypto mixers to tech giants facing legal battles, it seems there's no shortage of controversy in the digital world. Speaking of which, let's shift our focus from the crypto universe to the realm of social media. Once again, Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, is making headlines in the European Union. Let's delve into this story. So Celeste, it seems like Meta is under fire again in the European Union. Remember, their controversial shift of legal basis for processing people's data for ads? Now, consumer groups across the region are filing complaints about what the tech giant is up to. Oh, I've been hearing about this. Almost 20 consumer protection organizations, right? They're saying that Meta's move to force users into agreeing to be tracked and profiled so it can profit from micro-targeting them is both unfair and illegal. Right. They believe it breaches EU consumer protection law on several counts. Meta is now offering EU users of Facebook and Instagram the choice of agreeing to be tracked and profiled by the behavioral ads business to continue or get free access to its products. Or else, they must pay a monthly subscription for an ad-free version. It's either hand over your privacy or hand over your cash. That's a tough choice for users. And the European Consumer Organization is filing a complaint with the Network of Consumer Protection Authorities today, right? Yes, and 18 other consumer advocacy groups have joined in. They're objecting to how Meta has implemented this pay or consent model and to the model itself. They're also raising data protection concerns which are already the focus of another complaint sent to the Austrian Data Protection Authority by the privacy rights not-for-profit, NOIB. So, what's the issue with Meta's model under consumer protection law? BUC points to several issues. First, Meta is partially blocking the use of Facebook and Instagram until users have selected one option or another, which they say is an aggressive practice. They also say that Meta provides misleading and incomplete information to consumers, which does not allow them to make an informed choice. They're arguing that consumers don't have a real choice because if they quit the services, they would lose all their contacts and interactions built over the years. And the high subscription fee for ad-free services is a deterrent. That does seem unfair. And what about data protection concerns? BUC says the company's approach raises concerns regarding the General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR. They might, at a later stage, file a complaint about Meta's data protection compliance with the relevant privacy authority once they've completed their own assessment of the issues. And what about the payer OK model? Wasn't that pioneered in Austria? Yes, by the daily newspaper Der Standard. But Neub has been challenging this approach to GDPR consent since 2021, arguing the model forces newspaper readers to buy back their own data at exorbitant prices. So what's next for Meta? Well, Meta's likely banking on another multi-year round of GDPR complaints, legal challenges, and a referral to the European Court of Justice. But the consumer protection challenge could complicate its usual playbook. The CPC has brought more coordinated action on consumer protection concerns in the EU in recent years, so we'll have to see how this plays out. It will be interesting to watch. I guess it's a reminder that while tech advances rapidly, 
it's crucial to ensure that users' rights and privacy are respected. Speaking of tech giants navigating legal and ethical waters, another company is hoping to make a big splash across the pond. This time, it's a major player in the world of finance. Let's dive into their ambitious plans and potential challenges. So Celeste, have you heard about Robinhood's latest venture? Oh, you mean their expansion into the UK market? Yes, I have. It's a big step for them, isn't it? Absolutely. It's their first international market since their debut in the US over a decade ago. They're starting with early access for those on the waitlist, with a full launch expected in early 2024. But wasn't there a previous attempt to launch in the UK that got halted? Yes, you're right. They had begun preparations around five years ago, even started a hiring spree locally. But they pulled the plug in mid-2020, citing changes over the past few months and a need to focus on their U.S. business. I remember there were some controversies around that time, allegations of misleading customers using gamification strategies to encourage risky trades, not to mention the tragic case of Alex Kearns. Yes, it was a dark period for the company. But despite all that, they went public in mid-2021 and now claim 23 million users domestically. A lot of that growth, though, was driven by early lockdown boredom. Remember meme stocks? Robinhood was a major player in that. So they're hoping to replicate that success in the UK? It seems so. Jordan Sinclair, Robinhood's UK president, says they've learned from their previous launch attempt. They've grown their customer base, their assets, and they've built technology that allows them to scale internationally. But the UK market isn't the same as the US one. There are local players like Lightyear and Freetrade. How does Robinhood plan to compete? Sinclair believes that the UK market hasn't been disrupted yet. Traditional brokers still dominate with high fees. He seems to think that Robinhood's 10-year experience in the US gives them an edge. But there's still the issue of their reputation. After the controversies in the US, how do they plan to win over UK customers? They're planning to use in-app guides, tips, tutorials, data, and market news to help new traders invest wisely. They're also introducing 24-7 chat, email, and phone support in the UK from the start. It seems they're trying to start on the right foot this time. That sounds promising. But how do they plan to make money? In the US, they've been criticized for payment for order flow, which is banned in the UK. Sinclair says they plan to add products over time, which might include introducing existing products like Robinhood Retirement and Robinhood Gold to the UK market. They're also looking to diversify their revenue stream. So they're not just relying on their stock trading product? No, they're also set to launch crypto trading in the European Union. And while they're starting with US-listed stocks in the UK, they plan to expand to additional stocks in the future. It's a multi-pronged approach, really. It will be interesting to see how this plays out. The UK is a major financial center and a big opportunity for Robinhood. But they'll need to navigate carefully, given their past controversies. Absolutely. It's a significant step and one that could shape the company's future. Only time will tell whether this gamble pays off.